Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're delighted to have you tune in to another conversation with an African lawyer where we talk about COP28. It's certainly been an interesting year, uh, an interesting COP for Africa, seeing some of the most uh, relevant developments playing out across the continent. In this episode, I am joined by Delapo Kukui. She's the managing partner at Detail Commercial Solicitors and leads the firm's energy infrastructure and power practices. Delapo is one of the leading lawyers in Nigeria's power sector with extensive experience advising clients in the private sector, government agencies and regulators on a wide range of complex transactions. It's clear to see why she is the right person for the conversation today. Um, commentators describe her as standing out as perhaps the most knowledgeable lawyer in the country on the Nigerian power industry. The LAPA combines her strong legal background and industry knowledge to add value to each transaction. Her attention to intricacies of every brief sets her apart as a pillar of support to clients. She has over 15 years experience. The LAPA is an avid speaker and thought leader passionate about increasing energy access in Nigeria and across Africa by leveraging private finance with the use of viable business and project models. Dalaba, it's such a delight to have you here with us today. I'd like to kickstart the conversation and ask you to share a little bit more about Nigeria's specific approach to the undertakings provided under the Paris Agreement. Take it away, Dalaba. Um, well, I, I think in terms of uh, policies and institutional framework, I think that we are doing quite well when you look at what we put on paper. So in terms of nationally determined contributions, we've had that for a while. And we even have one now revised as a 2021. We have an energy transition plan, which is essentially an ambitious transition plan that itemizes our action steps towards you know, um, achieving hopefully net zero at some point, but what our transition plan will be um, until we do achieve a plan as that. I think our commitment is 2060 um, across sectors like power, transport, industry, clean cooking, and the oil and gas sectors. We also, um, after the president made that commitment in 2021, he also, after then, signed in a climate change act in the same year. Uh, we've also got a long-term low greenhouse emission development strategy for up to 2060 and um, are currently running a deep decarbonization pathways project. So in terms of in terms of policy, I, I mean we have policies falling all over each other. In terms of renewables, there's a there's a master plan, there's a renewable energy and energy efficiency policy. You know, there's a national energy efficiency action plan. You know, there's a renewable electricity policy guideline. Our electricity act, which was um, passed into law this year, goes into a lot of detail on what we aim to do in terms of renewables. We also have a Nigerian economic sustainability plan. So we are not we are not lacking in terms of um, what it is that we have in terms of policy. There's a lot of policy. In fact, we have different agencies falling on all over each other, um, doing different things. Um, and in terms of our institutional framework, we, even with the laws and policies, there's institutional framework set up. Now we have a National Council on Climate Change um, established under the Climate Change Act, you know, that then provides a framework for achieving low greenhouse low green gas emission reduction and, you know, basically achieving low green gas um, 
greenhouse uh, gases emissions uh, and mainstreaming climate change actions into all national plans and programs and also to enforce on public and private ent enterprises as well. So there, there is a, if you, if you look at all our plans, you would see that there somewhat seems to be a trajectory. I think the disconnect is more as to how we enforce it and how we are bringing the private sector in. As to what we are doing at COP, I think I think we are quite active at COP this year. I know I know that uh, our Ministry of Environment is there fully. I know our uh, our National Council on Climate Change is there. I know our, um, our Rural Electrification Agency, which does a lot of renewable energy projects, is also there. And we have a lot of private sector businesses also being represented at COP um, this year on the Nigerian side too. I think it's going to be quite 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 active especially if you look at our energy transition plan and the fact that we are looking to raise quite a bit of money i think what we're looking at level i think i think to be able to achieve that plan we're looking at about 1.9 trillion so we can't be absent from the conversations <laughs> you know at this time yeah no no i do you definitely can't and i i think it it's very exciting uh for me as as an esg lawyer on the continent to see just how committed nigeria is to this whole just energy transition process nigeria of course like south africa has an economy that was built on fossil fuels in south africa everything is driven by coal and i i stand to be corrected by you Dilapa, but in nigeria a lot of the economy is driven by oil uh, and how oil has allowed nigeria to become one of the biggest economies on the continent but if we if we if we're honest with ourselves and we talk about transitioning, yes, of course, governments play a very important role in setting the tone about what is mm. expected. And they also mm -hmm. have a very important role about creating a framework within That's which right. participants can pursue mitigation and adaptation projects. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, rubber hits the road where private sector participants start implementing and pursuing specific adaptation and mitigation projects. How do you see this playing out in Nigeria, both from uh, the contribution that local businesses, local Nigerian entities make towards adaptation and mitigation projects, and of course the role that international role players can play in this regard as well? So I, I, I think, and, and I think that this is one of our challenges, because as you said, governments can come out with all kinds of policies and say this is what we plan to implement, this is how we plan to do this, but then it then takes local businesses you know to be able to create projects that would actually that that would actually lead to the implementation of that plan because those those things don't happen in a vacuum so government can do its own part for example i know that under our, our, our climate change um act one of the the mandates for the council is to ensure that all government entities all government ministries departments and agencies actually implement in their own plans a low carbon strategy but that's just one small part of it the fact is that even in even in in the the ministries departments and agencies um, implementing their own low carbon strategy they will procure from private sector and private sector is set up with operational efficiencies the abilities you know um the financing that's required to actually bring those to bear so so that's one of the challenges that we have that is a disconnect how we're able to bring 
the two together. So for, for the multinationals and for the bigger companies, because they are better placed and better positioned in the sense that they are in the mix of things, either by, by virtue of the investment that they get or by virtue of how they are positioned, maybe internationally, they are aware of what their obligations should be apart from what government mandates on them. So, but then when you are talking about local businesses, there needs to be that um, coherent approach. And, and even for a country like Nigeria, where it's a federalism, where you have a lot of these, these policies on the federal level, you then have to bring those policies down to the states because this whole plan has to be holistic. You have to be able to implement them. If they start at the federal level, but should be implemented, implemented in states, and local governments so that it, it meets the local businesses. The local businesses understand what it is that is their role in us as a nation achieving those climate goals. So I think that's that's sometimes where you know that disconnect is and it's something that we need to bridge because until we bridge it and and the private sector, whether small, medium, large, you know businesses are able to understand their role and see how government facilitates them bringing in innovation and bringing in financing into these things, we're going to still continue to have a gap. And and, and I, I guess that that's where we then have basis for international cooperation because where, you know, we keep saying that African countries that um, we need to see that financing come through from the international community. But the international community, as with all kinds of finance, even climate financing, they have to see justification. And it's the private sector that will encourage that justification, private sector that will open up those doors and open up the uh, the opportunities. So, so we both need each other. You know, one amplifies, one enables one. So the, the public sector will enable the private sector and the and the private sector will help facilitate and amplify what it is that the public sector seeks to do. Yes, no, I, I that that's spot on, right? I think I think it's we you and I when we spoke about this earlier were exchanging thoughts on the fact that this is an ecosystem process that okay. must be followed, where every participant in the greater ecosystem has to play a role. Climate change doesn't know borders, uh, artificial boundaries, the consequences of climate change, the extreme weather patterns that, that nations across the world, but especially in Africa, will be experiencing and be vulnerable to, uh, doesn't get limited by, by artificial uh, country boundaries. Um, perhaps one, one final question and, and a bit of a curveball for you, I suppose, but what, what role should lawyers play in this process, do you think? So I, I think a lot of rules, first of all, like we're lawyers, so legal framework, um, regulation, you know, um, and making things clearer. Of course, we also play the role of interpreting what the laws say to our clients and putting it in the context of their businesses. So we kind of are like that bridge. Um, and, and we will also, and you know, when we talk about private sector, it's a mix of things. It's private sector when we talk about business, but it's, it's also the not-for-profits. And the not-for-profits play a critical role. Um, one of the things I mentioned to you when we had conversations is I belong to a group called the Nigerian Economic Summit Group. And a lot of the things that have been done in terms of how private sector and public sector have come together to be able to deal with 
in terms of climate adaptation and mitigation and what the strategy should be has been because of that partnership you know and and professionals like ourselves usually either are volunteering in some of those things like how you you also are part of the net zero lawyers alliance for example you know we 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 as professionals build those bridges in, in such that we make it um would i say more real to our clients as to what it is that is required and try to create frameworks or structures for them to be able to actually either comply or either innovate in their businesses to be able to you know be part of that change so we we do play a very critical role play a very critical role thank you yes no i i can't agree more i i I really like the analogy of calling lawyers bridge builders as well. I often refer to us as translators, trying to help people make sense of all the different languages that we're exposed to. And by languages, I mean government language or bank language or right. um, technical expert languages. But I think mm -hmm. bridge builders are so much more true because at the end of the day, that's what we need to do. Mm -hmm. uh, both at COP, hoping that the governments will achieve that to build bridges between difficult sticky points that they're struggling to negotiate. If we think about the different funds that need to be established or the different rule books that need to be written for the establishment right. of the various carbon markets. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we need to all go there together. Otherwise, we won't succeed. True. Sure. And something interesting that you should know, and you probably know this, that there's going to be some kind of uh, African private sector statement of commitment to scaling pathways for climate action at this at the scope. Um, I know that at the at the meeting in was it in Nairobi, um, mm. there was yes. Yeah, so so they're actually going to be signing, you know, at this COP twenty eight. A, a private sector statement and and you've got a, a number of private sector actors there they ha they have a very long statement about 14 pages <laughs> that's that's just excellent so i think it's uh, for for the listeners today it's uh, watch the space and see how we change the world together that's right that's right thanks very that's much for your time today thank you thank you